0: The camera uh, program so that just in case there's a special at the piano, we can, you know, we could go uh, position number three, position number two, and then uh, position number one. What is that? I forget. Uh, huh? Oh, the projector. Yeah, so in case we get something on the projecting screen, we have the camera. Isn't that great? I love technology, sort of. but. But I want to I repeat this. We do not have, a, a, the camera does not go back and so you can see everybody in church. We're not doing that to anybody. Amen? Uh, so if you're not here, then nobody will know. So that's, that's why I'm considering having the camera pan back, you know. Okay, take roll. Well, you know. No, no. But we're not, we're not going to treat people bad here. We're not, we're not going to do that. Listen, when, when we were in um, San Diego, we had an old auditorium. And we had this one fellow that loved to build stuff. And that wasn't me. It was a couple other guys. They, they had this baptism room back here. And then somebody got up in the loft. It was way high. The high ceiling it used to be a dance hall. And they had this big high wall. They cut a hole in the wall, just a little, uh, like a tank turret, uh, you know, opening. And that gargoyle stayed up there looking at everybody. And uh, he was recording and counting people. And they had a, I don't know why, the pulpit was way down here. For some reason, the tape loft was up there. And I guess he needed air to breathe or something. But he cut a hole in it. And and Pastor Fisher said, "Um, we got to move that. (laughs) Because <laughs> comments were made about, I saw so-and-so sleeping, and I saw this, and he was eating, chewing gum, and they got in a fight and an argument and all that. And finally, Brother Fisher said, what? Get, close up that thing. So we moved the tape uh, room back where, where people weren't invaded in their privacy. Amen. Uh, so I said all that. We're not going to take videos of anybody. And uh, so, amen. That's good. So anyway, let's turn to Proverbs chapter number three, and we're going to start there tonight. I, I want to preach a message tonight. Just I don't know why God puts things on my heart. And by the way, if you're walking with the Lord, sometimes uh, if, if uh, the preacher, any church, any, any service uh, picks a subject and while he's preaching, the Lord would speak to your heart when it had nothing to do about the message. Have you ever had that happen? Every time, preacher, every time you preach, I'm thinking about something else. But no, uh, it, sometimes the Lord will speak to you and he'll have a trail of thought. And so uh, I never know what God's going to do. But tonight I want to preach a message having to do with two words, with both with a question mark, Adam. The first word is with a question mark, lucky. Lucky question mark. Lucky. Second word is blessed with a question mark. You know, we have to realize that the blessings of the Lord are not luck. See, there's a big difference. So we're going to look at that tonight. And um, now let me say this too: the trials that come our way. They're not luck either. They're they're custom made for us too. So trials are not always bad. In fact, how many would see the paradox would be, is there ever a time when a trial is actually a blessing? Yeah, most most of the time, if you look for it, there's a silver lining in that trial. And if you're walking with the Lord, nine times out of 10, you'll see the blessing in the middle of the trial. But if you're not walking with the Lord, you might miss it. And those trials just overwhelm you and get and get really really difficult, and sometimes they make us bitter. There's a, oh, I I forget his first name. Um. His his name his last name was oh, Tom Williams Tom Williams. His wife, got a disease one time when they were, in a foreign country, and she got. Uh, there's two types of meningitis in your spine. One of them's really bad. I don't know if that's bacterial meningitis or viral, I don't know. Which one's the worst? Bacterial. She got that kind in her spine, and she was in a coma, and he had to actually help her to stay alive, and and, um, I don't know what all he did, but he kept the blood flowing and, 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 and moved her arms and limbs and everything, and finally she came out of the coma. But she was a little girl when she came out, and she could barely walk. So here his his beautiful bride now is just this little girl, doesn't even hardly know him. And he nursed her back to life and back to where finally they were walking down the aisle. And she sat in the front row, and he told the whole story about how he had helped her back. But at first, it was a terrible trial, but it turned out to be a great blessing because he was a, a world-renowned evangelist. And hundreds and hundreds of people were saved because of this story. And she finally passed away, though. And I think maybe he might even be with the Lord now, too. But the doctor bill was, oh, it was way up in the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And um, one day he was on the elevator. And the, the doctor came in. And he said, the, you're not going to get charged anything for this. So Oliver Medical, uh, this was back in the, in the 80s, so they were still billing people back then. But all, it was all free. So the trial turned out to be a blessing. But some people say, well, it was just by chance or just by uh, luck. Now, uh, the word luck is never, ever found in the Bible. So we're going to just talk about that a little bit. So I want you to know that blessings come, trials come, meticulously orchestrated, custom-made by God just for you and me. Mine aren't yours, yours aren't mine. We're no, no, no two people are the same. So remember that whatever you're going through, good and, so to speak, bad, uh, they're all custom-made to help you get to know the Lord better. Let's look at this. I want you to see the difference between being saved and lost here. Verse 33 says in chapter 3 of proverbs the curse of the lord is in the house of the wicked there's one side of it but he blesseth the habitation of the just if you're if you're saved another word for it is you're just you've been justified in in the sight of god you're saved you're justified and so sometimes the bible refers to saved people as the just so The just or saved people, uh, their habitation, wherever they live, uh, is blessed by God. But the unsaved have a curse on them until they get saved. They have mercy. God loves them, but there's still a curse. And so you see the difference between uh, the custom problems and then the blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. And he addeth no sorrow with it. I mean, it doesn't mean that the word rich is, is a touchy subject in the Bible, you know. It doesn't always mean money, does it? Oh, I, I know lots and lots and lots of poor people that are really, really, really rich. So there's a difference. But he's talking about the blessing is rich and it makes you rich inside. But uh, he adds no sorrow with it. Let's pray. Father, help us now tonight. Help us to thank you for our blessings. Help us to count our blessings as the song says. Name them one by one, and it will surprise us what the Lord hath done. Thank you for the blessings that you've given to us. Help us not to just rope memory, use the term, Uh, Lord, uh, we want to be blessed tonight, and we thank you for it. Help us now in Jesus' name, amen. All right, now, you remember Jacob, right? Remember how he wrestled with the angel and he said, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. And the angel said, what's your name? He said, it's, uh, it's, it's Jacob. He said, no longer will you be Jacob. Now your name is Israel. And Israel is a blessing to the world. It's amazing. So are you lucky or are you blessed? Have you ever had anything good happen to you? Well, just my time. Yeah, it was. It wasn't luck, though. The word luck is never found in the Bible. The word chance is found about six times. I believe it's found six times, six uh, verses. And so let me let me give you an idea of the difference between luck and chance. Okay, the word chance is in the Bible. Now, if I had two dice in my hand and I threw them. On the kitchen table. Not the casino table, but I I put I I rolled them like you're playing Yahtzee or something. Right. Okay, It's not a sin. Uh, So you rolled it. Let's say I roll them on the floor. And uh, it looked like there's just no way you could guess what what's going to happen. But even that would we, we we would call luck, wouldn't we? But even that is custom made by God. The chances are only so many. It's limited. So you can see that what to us looks like chance, to God, he's got everything lined out. He knows that when somebody would throw dice, he's got it all planned out. Each person, whoever throws the dice... Uh, there we we have a game we play at the house called Zilch and it'll drive you crazy. It's not I'm I think I think Brother Nettie, I think it didn't work for you, did it? At, at the game night. Yeah, I remember that. I, I, you know, he said, I'm not playing this ever again. Uh, all the rest of us were scoring in the thousands and he had yet to score. That was custom made by the Lord. <laughs> and so he will never play that game again. But it's uh, it's just amazing. One time one time Joy needed a whole bunch of points and to get to get 5,000 points. It's just unheard of. And all of a sudden, you know, God just needed to pick her up and, and encourage her. And she got 5,000 points because she didn't win the game, but she got 5,000 <laughs> points. It's just now we, we look at that. and So that's luck. No, that is not luck. That's called Chance. There's really no such thing as luck as we would say in in the Christian life. But there's plenty of what we would call chance. Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter number nine for a minute. Ecclesiastes chapter nine. So we have verse number 11. Solomon said, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. Now here's what he he noted. Time and chance. You see the word chance there in the Bible? That's not luck. Uh, There's no there's no no reason for any translator to translate that word into luck. There's no such thing. Don't call me lucky. Call me blessed. Okay. Call me blessed. It says time and chance happeneth to them all. So strong people, swift people, strong uh, in battle, uh, bread to the wise, riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. No matter who you are. You are in a, in a world of uh, God's orchestration. Time and chance happen to, happen to them all. So I, I may not think I understand. I don't think I understand 90% of what happens to me. But I know it's not by luck. I know it's chance. Now, there is, there is some things that we should not give up to chance, right? For instance, if you're looking for a, a husband or a wife for the rest of your life, it would be very unwise to close your eyes and, and get an old phone book, if they still have them, and just go like this and mark your finger on there. Okay, Bob Smith. Hello, Bob. This is uh, whoever. Uh, that's, that's not very smart. You know, you know Sin City down in Las Vegas. Who knows what I'm talking about? <laughs> but it's called Sin City for a reason. Why? They're throwing themselves to this thing called chance. And they're losing. They wouldn't have those great big huge office buildings and hotels and everything. And they wouldn't have all that without people being really dumb. And by the way, I want to say this. If you've ever played the lotto, um, you have done something that's not, not good. You should not play the lotto. I don't care if it's a dollar. If you look back at the lottery history in America, when it came into the early states, uh, the states that had it, there was a big fight. And it went to court. And uh, some uh, had, had uh, prohibition from racetrack gambling and different types of gambling in the lotto. Uh, especially, in fact, I was reading a sermon years ago about the lotto coming into Texas, and they fought it. And what they said was, I think Clarence Darrow fought that, a famous lawyer, if I'm not mistaken. But the thing about it was, he said, look, if you, if you take the chances of, of winning, you, you take the money uh, from the families, and it is a tax. It, it's horrible. It, it slowly secretes the money and sucks the money out of everybody that needs it more. And so you take poor people, and you take the desire to have more, So they take what's very valuable and they throw it to chance. And I would say this, every time somebody wins the lottery, it's proof that you shouldn't play it. Because in order for somebody to win, do you realize how many people have to lose? And that great big hundreds of millions of dollars, the government gets half of it anyway, maybe three quarters of it, and you're left with what you think is a lot. But you have actually taken money that you probably shouldn't have because most of the people that win the lottery have miserable lives and they end up divorced and trouble and, and they spend their money too fast. They don't know what to do with it all. So most of them have tragic lives if you follow it. But that, that money that they have is ill-gotten gain. It's, uh, the Bible re- has a restriction on that. You're not supposed to gamble. You're not supposed to throw yourself to chance like that. Uh, if you have something happen, good or bad, let's make sure that you realize God did that for you or did that with you, did that to you. It's not that you should go down to Las Vegas and, and, uh, and get, you know, sore arms, you know, the one-armed bandit. Uh, that's, that's really not smart. By the way, they rig those things up. I, I've never won. Uh, but no, I've never played either, Okay. How many of you thought the wrong thing tonight? I, I, no, I haven't. And, and so uh, Ecclesiastes says nine, time and chance happens to everybody. It's not luck though. The closest thing to luck is still a controlled, determined and, and, and directed outcome by God. As I gave you the illustration of throwing dice, that's still d- directed by God. Now when you when when you think about rolling dice or doing something by chance you shouldn't you shouldn't trust in that that's not something you should trust in and god doesn't god will teach you a really strong lesson if you ever do that you'll lose so much many people up here and by the way i'm against casinos 100% i'm against uh, legal gambling horse track racing all that stuff i'm against the lotto i think it's if you take all the money that everybody ever spent on the lotto tickets in America, you could probably give everybody a dividend. And it wouldn't hurt the crime. Well, what about all those jobs? They find another job. You don't need to have a job at a casino. Oh, those people are great. Yeah, well, you know, the casino wasn't there uh, from day one. Like Northwood Casino, remember that? Remember There was a big fight about that, and they won because it was on tribal land. But it hadn't helped anybody. It it hurt people. Yeah. Uh, Gambling is a a terrible thing for you. Nobody should do it. Um, But anyway, in the Bible, we have something called casting lots. They they kind of threw something open to chance is what they did. But they realized that God told them to cast lots sometimes. God said, I'll take care of this. How many have ever had an argument and said, let's flip a coin? You know what you're doing. You're casting a lot. And heads or tails? Heads I win, tails you lose. Um, right? <laughs> you ever done that? Yeah. Okay. I'll do that. Uh, but, or you say, okay, we're going to flip a coin on this. And, and if I win, then th- this argument's over. All right. And is okay. Uh, if, it's ta- if it's tails, you lose. If it's heads, I win. Right? No. Okay. Heads I win or tails you win. Call it in the air, right? How many have ever done it? Just, you got an argument going or something you're trying to, you flip the 50 cent piece or up and it comes down in your hand, you flip it over and put it on your wrist and I called heads and it is tails. Okay, let's do two out of three, right? (laughs) And (laughs) that's what I always do, but uh, that's 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 throwing that's casting a lot, you know. But the Bible says when you cast a lot, it's an end of strife. It, it ceases strife. It's actually something that the Bible did use. Uh, look at Joshua chapter 18. Let's go there. Now, here's something really interesting. Joshua was taking the land and God said, uh, OK, go into the land. And when you get the land, we're going to divide it up. And we're going to cast lots. And so they had portions of land that was given to, to the tribes by casting lots. That way they didn't have to fight over it. And this is how they divvied up the land. And boy, it was good uh, because everybody got a, a, a parcel of land for the tribes. And for those that had a lot more people, some tribes were really huge. And then some were very small. The tribe of Levi wasn't all that big, and you know they had—they didn't even get land. They took care of the temple, the tabernacle, and all of God's house. And God said, "I'm your blessing. You don't need land. I'm going to be your blessing." All the other tribes took care of the tribe of uh, Levi, and the priests came out of the tribe of Levi. So they—they they had a system where they took care of God's people, uh, God's priests, I should say. And did you know in Israel, that's still today, the, the same thing that they're doing in Israel today? Uh, the the uh, Hasidic Jews, you know, the scribes and all the Pharisees and all the ones with the ringlets and everything and the hats and the, the phylacteries and the hats and the big long beards, those are Hasidic Jews. Um, and they actually get paid by the government. It's, they, they're supported by the government. And I don't know how much, but in, in, in the Bible economy, they too were taken care of. So, But the rest of the people got their land by casting lots. Look at chapter 18, verse number uh, 10. So we have here, And Joshua cast lots for them in Shiloh before the Lord. And there Joshua divided the land unto the children of Israel according to their divisions. And the lot of the tribe of the children of Benjamin came up according to their families and the coast of their lot came forth between the children of Judah and the children of Joseph. So all this to say this, that the land was divided by casting lots. Now, that wasn't exactly, that's not luck. What it is, is they're letting God decide with the intricacies of chance. Now, we don't do that anymore. You know, you, you really don't have to do that um, it, it, it's not a wise thing to throw yourself to chance all the time. It's a very good thing to meticulously trust God. We have the Bible now. Do you remember they didn't have the New Testament in the Old Testament days, right? So we know we have, we have the unfolding of what was infolded. We have the expository uh, understanding now with Paul and, and, and Peter and Jesus when he explained the parables. So we don't, we're not in the dark. Of what God wants. But they did cast lots a long time ago. So it's, it's, it was okay. Now remember the robe of the Lord Jesus. They cast lots. Uh, they gambled for his vesture. He had a robe. In the, in the, and they gambled for it. They cast lots to see who could get his robe. Which was prophesied in Psalm 22. So you'll see that. So that's, that was what you and I would call luck today. We don't operate that way. Um, so these lots were all... Uh, ultimately controlled by God. So you have to realize that when you, when you fall into something that you didn't expect, good or bad, you have to realize that God did that. Uh, I, you know, we don't have any control of everything that goes on. You're driving down the road. You're having a great time. You're singing gospel hymns, and you're drinking um, either Starbucks or Woods coffee, and you're just having a great time. All of a sudden, there's, there's a detour. You didn't know that. That's, that's, not, that's not luck. That's, that's meticulously orchestrated timing. Uh, I've had one time, my wife and I were uh, going up north on the freeway uh, from Interstate 8. We were going up uh, 405, lickety-split, probably about the speed limit, right, Kathleen? And, uh, pro- probably, and so we were moving on, and there was a car right in front of me, and then we had the kids in the back, and we were going pretty good. And then what happened was I couldn't see in front of the car in front of me. But in front of that car, there was a stalled car in the middle of the freeway, dead stopped in the middle of the freeway, and we were going. And the car in front of us was, didn't seem to be slowing down, didn't see it, I don't know, but he didn't slow down, he just went, worry, swerved to the left, and we were going full speed right in front of a car that had stopped on the freeway. So, skillfully... I remembered my driving lesson from teenage days er, er, I didn't do that God took God kept us safe there wasn't any skill involved in that I, I didn't have time to think I just moved and got out of the way and it was just you have you ever come almost come to a wreck and you're in a cold sweat and everybody's yelling at you why didn't you uh, maybe you don't have people yell at you but Uh, My driving is not, um, you know, the best and everything. I have a hard time with pedestrians. (laughs) I don't like them. Especially the ones from up north that think that because there's a crosswalk there, there's a force shield around them and they can't get hit. So when they come down here, they just walk right out in the middle of the road. The driving habits are different in different places. I think you ought to i think you ought to, if you 're walking, you probably should wait till the traffic goes by. You must be in america and so uh but yeah, yeah i i'm i'm not all, but you know all the things that have not happened i haven 't hit anybody. <laughs> And so that's not by luck. That's by meticulous, uh, orchestrated, and boy, you say, oh, you're going to get it now. And I'm not superstitious either. Uh, but anyway, I, I I just thank God for all the things that God has done and all the things that God has allowed to happen, either good or either bad. It's not luck. It's it. it sometimes you put yourself in a, a, a time of chance, but yet you can stay away from that. How many like to be secure? kind of figure things out, right? How many don't like taking chances? If you were an investor, you, how, many, how, how many would say, I'm sticking to the blue chips instead of speculating and throwing all my hard-earned money into chance? See, that's what the stock market is. And I'll tell you, you got to be careful. In the Great Depression, people were jumping out of buildings in 1930, I think, 2930, there was a lot of people who committed suicide. They're jumping out of buildings on Wall Street in New York because they lost everything they had because they were throwing themselves into this chance, and it's just not smart. But we don't have a God that, that uh, uh, wants us to live that way. But sometimes, you know, it, it looks like uh, something happened to you that you can praise God for, but if you look at it, God's blessing you. And that's the thing we need to continually stay under the spout, under the waterfall of blessings if you can. And stay right with God. And things will happen to you that you never realized could ever happen. You'll meet people. You'll have friends. You'll have things. Material possessions will come your way. Just everything. My wife and I, one time, um, we when we were really poor, really poor, it was hard. We were on staff. In a large church, the church was thirty six hundred people, but we were actually eating food that was given to us sometimes from the mission. People in the church would give it to the mission and the mission. uh, People that were running the mission were good friends with us and they would bring by boxes of canned goods that people gave the mission. They raided the mission and took it to our house. It wasn't supposed to work like that, but God did that to us to teach us a lesson. And I think we learned the lesson. It was just how to how to trust God, but there was there was a man with a minivan back in uh, uh, let's see, uh, this would this would have been 89 or 88, right in there, and uh, no no 89 or 90. Anyway, had he had, a, he had a, a, a Chrysler minivan, right? Uh, and so it was a caravan. They were really popular when they first came out. And everybody wanted one. Well, this was uh, just just a few years old, and uh, this individual he, he was moving, and everybody in the church was offering to buy his minivan, and uh, and I we needed a car too. The car we took from San Diego to get to Jacksonville it was given to us. A, it was a Mercury station wagon, big 450 some odd cubic inch, gas guzzling, uh, road killing station wagon, <laughs> but it was breaking down all the time, so I went to him and i said if you're moving, I had no idea everybody in the church was asking him. I did not know, I had no idea God never revealed that to me at all i, I said is there, is there any way you'd like to sell that before you go he said no no we're we're not going to sell it we We have too many people wanting it, so we can't we can't, so they gave it to us <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Uh, weren't we lucky? <laughs> Don't call me lucky. Call me blessed. I, uh, when things happen like that, you can trust God. You say, praise God. It was the Lord that did it. And he wants the credit, by the way. He wants the credit for things that happen to you that aren't so happy either. Lord, in everything give thanks. In everything? Everything good? You can't thank God for bad things. No, no. How could you do that? Because inside of those things that hurt, inside of those things that are sorrowful, inside of those things that cause you to mourn inside, the, it's better to go to the house of mourning than the house of a banquet and feasting and, and laughter. It's better for you sometimes to have that trial. God did that. and And you can thank him for the... The trials, and you can thank him for the good... How many say it's easy to thank God for a, a brand new car? <laughs> well, wow, thank you. But I'll tell you, I got a lot of trouble thanking him for a toothache and thanking him for an illness or something. I, that's hard to do. You've got to know it's hard. Has anybody had a hard time thanking God for something that wasn't good? It's hard, isn't it? I don't, I don't, I don't like that. But I know in my heart... I know that something happens bad. I'm supposed to somehow get get it out that, Lord, I don't understand this. I can't figure it out. But by faith, I'm thanking you for this. You know, when Tom Williams lost his wife to this terrible disease, he was praising God and he was thanking the Lord. He didn't understand what was going to happen. But if you trust the Lord like that, you can be thankful in everything. So we must remember, we have to remember that God's blessings, uh good or bad, are meticulously orchestrated. Have you ever seen those orchestration, what do they call the conductors i've I've only been to i think I've only been to one actual opera where they had you know the no it was not, it was a concert. it wasn't an opera. I don't think it, you should go to those, but anyway. No, just joking. You can't figure out what they're saying anyway. You know, they're all some other, oh, yeah, well, well, you know, but it's, it's a lot better when they're, they're, they're conducting an orchestra. And he'll point to the woodwinds, you know, and he, uh, they practice a lot for that. This thing isn't accidental. You don't say, hey, we got really lucky. You hit the bass cymbal right on time and you with the violin, way to go. That was really lucky. Man, you guys are, this was a lucky night. No, it wasn't. They practiced and practiced and practiced and it was orchestrated. And the tears that were rolling down the people's eyes when they were listening to this beautiful music, they were being blessed because God allowed those people to to orchestrate. That's the same thing, no matter good or bad. It's orchestrated by God. Have you ever figured out why you are and who you are, because God made you fearfully and wonderfully made you. Have you ever, he's like, where did you come from? Where were you born? Uh, when we were down at the mission, preaching at the mission, I'd always ask everybody, how many of you were born east of the Mississippi? And a bunch of hands would raise up, and they'd travel all the way out here to the west coast. How many of you were born west of the Mississippi? And I, How many of you are southern born? How many of you are a Yankee? You know, we'd go through that and have fun. It's amazing, isn't it, that that wherever you got to be is where you started out. That's that's not luck. That's not luck. We have a lot of children and we were not lucky. That's not luck. Oh that sounded bad, didn't it? You know what I mean. I I, I gotta restate that. We were blessed. <laughs> Children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Oh, I got to climb out of that hole. <laughs> this, this, it, it's the Lord. He's the one that makes people. You don't say, oh, we're lucky. No, it, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's the Lord. It rains and sunshines on everybody, saved and lost, good and bad. Trials come, difficulty as well as ease and comfort, but both chance and time and chance and blessings come to everybody let's look at this and uh, I'm, I'm going to try to finish look at Philippians you know earlier I can't remember what uh, whether it was this morning but we were we quoted Romans 8 28 but we know that all things work together for good right to them who are, love God and to them who are the called according to his purpose nothing's left to chance and circumstance and all that You you don't have to wonder it's like wow how did that happen Oh, this was terrible. It just, what an accident. I understand what people mean. I don't go around correcting everybody. And if you say the word luck, I don't correct everybody. Hey, stop, stop saying that. That's not, that's not a word we use here at our church. No, I'm not, I'm not like that at all. I don't care what people use, whether, whether you say, oh, that was lucky. I, I've, used it, I've used it last week in the, in the way that most people do. But deep down in my heart, I know that's not luck. I know that. That's that's a blessing from the Lord. Now, lastly, let's look at this now Uh, in Philippians chapter one. I want you to try to memorize this if you can. Um, You should be confident um, that everything happens in your life. Good and bad is arranged. It is orchestrated. We, We have a sovereign God. Okay, here we go. Verse 6 says this. Being confident. Notice the word confident. Be courageous. Be steadfast. Be sure about this. Have confidence. Don't doubt it. Don't let your mind wander into doubt. Don't say, I don't think God knows what's going on. In other words, this confidence is is a confident, it's a command. Look at being confident. Now, he says, of this very thing. He didn't say, just be confident of something. He, He didn't say, be confident of this. No, he said, be confident of this very thing. This very thing. I'd say. God's really speaking to us, and He wants us to pinpoint on this one fact, right? This very thing. That He which hath begun a good work in you, and that would be salvation. He did the work, correct? You didn't work at it. He worked it. He began that work in you. So be confident of this very thing. That He which hath begun a good work in you, We'll perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I love that verse. I don't understand everything that God's doing with me. Does anybody understand what God's doing with you? Does anybody understand what God's doing with me? Would you tell me? I'm listening. I'm ready for the wisdom. Understanding. Get wisdom. With all thy getting, get understanding. Get wisdom. Okay. But what if God doesn't deliver it to you? You have to still be confident of this very thing that God started a work in you and he's going to perform it every single day of your life. I'm not done. I'm not done living for Jesus. Are you done living for the Lord? You think God's done living with you and in you and through you? No, God's not. God's working. He's going to perform the work that he started in you until the day of Jesus Christ. Sometimes, folks, I wish I could share with you all the 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 winds of, of fear and doubt that sweep through my soul. It's just to, It's sometimes I can't even be around my wife sometimes because sometimes I feel like I'm bringing her down. And it's all temporary because, you know, I'm not a depressed individual. Am I depressed? No. I had a real compliment. Some guy said, man, you... You're probably really young, aren't you? <laughs> he he, he was 58, and he said, "Man, you don't look, you don't, you can't be 58." I said, "I'm not." <laughs> I didn't say yet. I said, "I'm not 58." <laughs> I said, I told him how old I was, and he said, "Man, you sure don't act like it." Um, <laughs> What what did he mean by that? You act like a stinking teenager, you know? But no, well, I mean, sorry. Teenagers aren't stinky. I didn't mean that. Uh, I know. I keep digging in, don't I? But it's all orchestrated. <laughs> Whether it's good or bad. They'll put your foot in your mouth. That's all right. God knows it. Amen. Maybe God wanted me to be uh, 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 have foot and mouth disease tonight uh, but look uh, you can trust God be confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you I'm trusting the Lord for that in my own life I want you to trust the Lord in your life that what he started in you he's not done yet he's not done he's going to perform that because it's not luck it's, it's the blessing of the Lord God's not done blessing us. I had a blessing today. Uh, there was an answer to prayer today. There was a, a, a great blessing. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm thrilled that the way the Lord's treating our church and treating us. And, and I hope you're doing well. I hope uh, you know. I don't go around trying to weasel into everybody's personal lives. But remember this. The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, but he blesses the habitation of the just. And If you're saved, you, you, your, your life is not left up to circumstances and chance and all that, and, and especially not luck. It's an orchestrated blessing of God. You should trust him with that. Let's pray tonight.